Well, welcome, everybody. Uh, if you're watching online, hi. Uh, we are glad you're watching online. Um, really excited about today. Uh, whenever we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit at church, I know what you're thinking and feeling. Half of you are like, I should have slept in, right? Because of maybe past experiences or because of what you've seen on TV, which is weird. Or the rest of you is like, finally, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. Preach, brother. So if you're somewhere in the middle, great. Uh, we're going to talk today about what the Spirit's work in our life is supposed to be like. We've been talking about how do we anchor to Christ and how do we anchor to the life of Christ. And uh, we've talked about identity. First, we anchor into our identity because when we know our identity, we know who Christ is, right? Then last week, we talked about our relationships, how God has designed us to live out our faith in relationship, never alone, but in relationship. And we want to have relationships that invest in us. We want to invest in our peers, and we want to invest in other people. So today we're talking about the third peg, I suppose, or stake, which would be the Holy Spirit's role in our lives. So I'm going to pray because I think we should, and then we're going to go. Lord, we are asked in the name of Jesus for a clarity of our hearts and our minds. God, for your spirit to speak to us in new and profound ways. God, thank you that the Holy Spirit in this conversation is not meant to be um, awkward or scary or strange, but it's meant to bring light to the things that you want to do in our lives. So God, we thank you so much for this day, and we love you. In your name we pray. Amen. So I grew up in a very conservative, traditional, quiet, Baptist Church, and uh, and it was nothing against Baptists. I love Baptists, just a big fan of Baptists. But um, uh, but I, I grew up and I didn't know about the Holy Spirit. I didn't know what the Holy Spirit was, or if it was it was the Holy Ghost, and that was weird. Why is there ghosts in church? You know. And then I so I had no experience. I had nothing ever was supernatural. Nothing was. It was just very much like say this to get into heaven, then you're good to go. Then I went to high school, and we went to what was called a Pentecostal church, and then things changed dramatically in my perspective of the Holy Spirit. All of a sudden, I went from, like, no movement, the frozen chosen, to, like, people are raising their hands, and there's people crying and kneeling, and I'm like, what is happening right now? People are saying, I feel like God's telling me this for you, and I'm like, are you sure? That's strange. And so I, and in, in the last 20 years, I've experienced Trust me, if you want to sit down and talk about it, I will tell you all the fun stories. Uh, the Holy Spirit's work in lots of weird ways, and I've seen the Holy Spirit's work in lots of profound ways, and I've seen the Holy Spirit's work in very odd ways. So, uh, what is, who is the Holy Spirit, and how do we understand how the Spirit's role in our life connects us to Jesus? So, the third part of the Trinity is the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Holy Spirit's a person. It's not this random thing. It's not something we just add on to the end of the Father and the Son. He's a person that functions and flows through our lives, right? So the other day we were looking at maybe getting a new mattress. And uh, mattresses now, before you just would go and buy a mattress, right? But now there's like the purple mattress and there's the... Yes, lots of different things. You know, if you're in college, you're like, why would you buy a mattress? That's so weird. But as you get older, you want to have a mattress that feels really good when you sleep, okay? It doesn't work the same way it used to, okay? So we were talking about having, getting this mattress, and then we're like, we should look. And so we went on to our Facebook and, our, and online, and all of a sudden there was advertisements for mattresses. How do they know? They can hear us, right? Alexa's always listening. She is creeping me out, by the way, too, right? So, like, the tech companies are developed ways so that the things you talk about and the things you search show up in all your ads, right? If you don't know that, don't be afraid. It's not the Illuminati. It'll be okay, okay? So, in so many ways, uh, we have seen the Holy Spirit the way we, in some ways, see Alexa, right? 
we know that the Holy Spirit's always there and is always listening. And when we need the Holy Spirit, we're like, oh, God, help us. And then there it is right there, right? And so the Holy Spirit's role in our life is a really profound thing that I wish I would have known more earlier, and I wish we could talk about way more openly, because I think there's a stigma to the Holy Spirit because of what we've seen or experienced, or, and people have, in such tragic and awful ways, twisted the Spirit and how it's supposed to function in the church, because we've boiled the Spirit down to the Spirit works in a worship service, in signs and wonders, or in loudness and whooping and whatnot, Right? <laughs> When the Spirit's role is way more profound than an experience in a time of worship, okay? The Holy Spirit's role is, is so crucial to the way we live out our life in Jesus. And so to, dis to disconnect ourselves from that, which I've done in my life, it's like, well, I don't want none of that because that's weird, so I won't have the role in the Spirit in my life. Well, you can't disconnect that. So you're missing out on avenues in which you can experience God's love in more true and profound ways. And you can overcome the things that you're struggling with. And you can experience who God is in real ways. And that God uses the Holy Spirit in that way. So today the goal would be that we do not disconnect ourselves from the Spirit, but we in a healthy and wonderful, beautiful way connect to what is the Spirit's role actually supposed to look like in our lives. So, John chapter 15, and this is at the end of Jesus' ministry. He's at the Last Supper. If you want to read just this incredibly uh, personal and heartfelt connection between Jesus and his disciples at the end of their time together, read uh, John 14, 15, 16 about the Last Supper, and he gives all this kind of like last, it's going to be okay, guys, type of, you know, coach. It's, we're going to make it kind of thing. And you go read it. It's a really beautiful uh, part of Scripture. So in verse 4 of John 15, it says this. Jesus is talking about how he's going to go. And he says, Now, but I want you to remain in me, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I'm the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Okay, so Jesus is saying, Connection to me is the most important thing you have. Not your religious expressions, not even, not, nothing you do for me, but just being connected to me is the most important thing that you can do. And disconnection from me doesn't mean that you are like disconnected from God and you burn in hell or whatever you might think that might mean. But it means that you will not bear fruit in this life. That disconnection from the person of Jesus will not allow you to bear fruit in life. And you will function in this life in your own strength. Apart from me, you can do nothing. It doesn't mean you can't, like, get out of bed in the morning and you can't, you know, brush your teeth. It means if you want to do the ministry and work of Jesus, if you want to share his love, if you want to understand how to care for the poor and the sick and the people that are in need, if you want to know how to do that the way he did, you have to connect to him. Apart from that, you won't be able to do it but in your own strength. And the fruitfulness of that and the ability to do that only ends so far. I found in my life when I'm empowered by God's spirit to do the things that I'm called to do, there's no barrier to the end of the things that God wants to do. Same with your life. When I allow in my own strength to do, if I do stuff in my own strength, it only gets so far. And God's like, if you want to do something profound for me, you cannot do in your own strength. Apart from me, you can do nothing. He says, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If 
you remain in me and my words in you, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done. For it is my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So he's not saying, if you read your Bible enough, if you pray enough, if you go to church enough, then you will be this overflowing, fruitful person. He says, if you connect to me, the person of Jesus, the teaching of Jesus, the connection with Jesus, you will bear, you will bear fruit. You, God will do whatever you ask. You will see the glory of God work and move through your life. Apart from me, you can do none of that. So he's not saying, okay, now, after you're done with this, go do a bunch of religious things. Okay? It's very important. He's saying, no, just be with me. That's why one of the most profound things you can do, faith steps you can do, is, is just to surrender your heart and your life. It's not work. It's just, it's yours. So the word that Jesus used in, that's translated remain in me is this word abide. The dude abides. That's from a movie. Um, the word abide means that you stay longer than you intended. That you delay leaving a place. It means to remain in one place. To go on a journey. To not depart. See, the Spirit is the continued connection we have with Jesus. The Spirit isn't this nebulous thing that floats around and you can't see it. The Spirit is actually, when we tell kids, hey, did you ask Jesus in your heart? Jesus doesn't come and live in your heart. That's weird, right? That's strange. But that's what we tell kids. It's actually, in, in Corinthians it says, the Spirit is given into your heart as a deposit into your spirit that will as a deposit of who God is. And God is the one who speaks through his spirit. So when we accept Jesus, we say yes to Christ, or we say I'm going to be a Christ follower, or whatever terminology you want to use to that. The spirit is the one who comes and abides inside of us. And so he doesn't, he doesn't just float around and shows up randomly, like that weird uncle, right? The Holy Spirit is with us at all time, like Alexa, but not so weird, okay? The spirit of God is the one who comes and connects us to Jesus all the time. So Jesus' command is to abide. I want you to spend time with me, be with me, engage with me. And the way we do that is through the Spirit. The Spirit of God is the one we connect with. And if you, we have to wrap our minds around that somehow so we can understand that Jesus isn't just on the throne or this idea or a book that we read that is empowered and wonderful, but he is, his Spirit lives inside of us and is connected to us and will always be connected to us. So how can it wither How can we not produce fruit if the Spirit is so close to us? Because I think many times we live as if God is floating around out there someplace. Jesus is like, man, I'm going to give you the helper, and he's going to help you remain close to me. He's going to help you to abide. Because abiding has to do with time. Right? When we talked about identity a couple weeks ago, it had nothing to do with you spent this much time believing your identity, now you're good. Right? But abiding has to do with time. Have I spent time connecting myself to Jesus? Because if I don't, the warning is that I will not be able to bear the fruit that God wants me to bear. I will not be able to become the person that he wants me to be. And it's not work, but it's just connection. To stay longer than intended. Are you ever someplace you have such a great time, like, ah, oh, let's just stay a little longer? It's like that type of heart. We'll stay a little longer, a little connected to you. 
Uh, there's a theologian in the early 1900s, J. Rufus Mosley, one of our friends from North Dakota. I uh, wrote a book about him, and he was this brilliant man. Um, he talks about what life in the spirit is, and I'm going to read, I'm gonna, I have it on the board, it's a quote um, on the board, the whiteboard I wrote it. On the screen, I'm going to read it. Just as the popular churches are powerless to go forward until they receive the Holy Ghost, those who have received the Holy Ghost find that they cannot go further except as they live in the Spirit. Okay, so a spiritual experience, a re- like a pow- profound religious experience or a spirit- spirit-filled experience, which we've had in our lives, can only go so far in helping your life be fruitful if you are not living the life in the Spirit, in connection, in abiding with God. Overcome evil with good and bear the continuous fruit of the Spirit which comes from union with Christ. The only thing that is that this life is the life lived in the Spirit, lived in perfect love and lived in loving Christ. The only true worship in the, is the worship of, in the Spirit and in truth. The only way to be changed from glory to glory into the likeness of the living Christ is, is through living in the Spirit and through the Spirit beholding his perfection and his glory. The only way we have our bodies quickened to, by heavenly life and health is through the Spirit. The only way we be rightly guided and taught is through the Spirit. All other teaching teachers fail us. Even the scriptures by, given by the Spirit are also revealed and made vital to us by the Spirit. So what is he saying? saying that nothing we can do for God should be done outside of connection with the Spirit. If you try to live without recognizing that the, Spirit, the Spirit's role in your life, you're going to have an incomplete view of life with Christ. And I get, like, our religious tradition didn't teach us very well, or you're a part of me. I was part of this weird Pentecostal world that was like, it was, everything was the Spirit all the time. The parking lot. <gasps> There's a parking spot. It's the Spirit. You know? like such little mental capacity, but everything was the Spirit, right? See, everything that we do, we have to understand the Spirit's role in our life. Even if we read our Bible and we pray, if we're not connecting with the Spirit's work, because the Spirit is the voice of God. The Spirit is the connection we have with the Savior. The Spirit's part of the Trinity is that he is with us at all times forever. See, when Jesus came, the Spirit did not live all over the world in all the people, Right? When Jesus was baptized and he came up by the water and the dove descended upon him, he was filled with the same spirit that I'm filled with. So Jesus himself, the Son of God, who was man and God, did not function in his life without the understanding that the Spirit of God has to live inside. And the life in the Spirit was so crucial. To recognize that the Spirit is with me at all times. That God's voice and his heart and his ideas, and even when you read a scripture and you're like, holy cow, that's amazing. It's not revealed because it's just words on a page, but it's revealed through the Spirit. Everything we do. Whether you put it in those terms or not, that's what's happening. Even great teaching, like today. (laughs) Totally joking. Even the scriptures. I know people that read the scriptures all the time and they do not have life that's fruitful. They live, more, they live in more fear. I know people that pray for hours and hours and hours and they're still not sure what God can do. Because it's disconnected from the Spirit's work. It is religious activity, not life. Are we doing okay? All right. Next thing. So, go read it. 
He says, abide in me, connect to me, it's great, this is a great life. Then in the next section, he says, okay, by the way, people are going to hate you. You're not going to be able to function well in culture sometime because your ideas and the cultural ideas are going to be different. You're not going to be able to, they're going to, some of you are going to get killed. Sorry about that. Um, they're going to ridicule, they're going to whatever. It's not going to be always great coming up, which is always what you want to hear. So he does this big explanation, then he comes back in verse 16, he says this, But very truly I tell you, it is good for you that I'm going away. No. That's what I would say. Yeah, you told me I was going to die. I want you to be here. You're the one who raised Lazarus from the dead. You're the one who cast out demons. You're the one who told the Pharisees to get out of here. But Jesus is saying, it's better that you go away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. The spirit, the helper, the comforter will not come to you. But if I go, and when I send him, when he comes, he will prove the world to be wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. Okay, that's a lot to talk about. He says, your life is going to get crazy. When the, Spirit, when, you, when the Spirit works in your life, you don't have to try to prove the world wrong. You don't have to try to figure out how to live in the culture and I don't understand that. How do I believe that? The Spirit of God will help you. He will pr prove in terms of sin, of righteousness, and judgment. So sin being that every single person on this planet has brokenness and is sinful and has things in them that are disconnected from God, right? Every single person. That's how it works. He's, gonna, he's not going to be like, hey, this group is really, really good, and this group is not so good. That's not what the Spirit does. The Spirit, in my heart, reveals to me, yeah, I'm just as broken as the person I'm judging. I'm just as broken as the person that has more than me or has less than me. He's going to prove the world wrong because of righteousness, which is not because I did so good, but righteousness is right living. That I'm going to learn how to live differently, the way God asks. And of judgment, that there is no evil that can overcome the, the, the light and goodness that's inside of me. So the Spirit is given to you so you can navigate this life. So you can navigate the culture, you can navigate the craziness, you can navigate the dissension and the disunity, the Spirit of God is given to you so that you can walk the way Jesus walked in a culture that's very, very, very strange, like it was then. If you try to navigate your faith alone or just by, just read your Bible enough or just by pray enough or just by church enough, then you will not be able to navigate the ins and outs of each day. Because we have... An, but those things connected to the Spirit's voice, the whisper of God, will profoundly help you navigate what is the right way to live. As parents, there's many times where I'm like, is this right? Are we doing this right? Anybody else feel that way? Is this, are we doing this right? Is this fine? In like 20 years, I'm going to be like, oh, crap, we blew it. But I trust that we're invited the Spirit of God to come in and shape and help, our, help us discipline well and love well and serve well and engage well. Without the Spirit's role, without you recognizing that the Spirit is going to be the one who speaks and whispers and gives the words from God for you, in your life you will not be able to navigate this very well because it's a hard place to navigate. As followers of Jesus, we are not supposed to live in this world, but, or we're not supposed to be about this world, but we're supposed to live in it and love it and serve it and understand it. 
But if we do not have the connection with God to understand the culture and how we live and how we're supposed to see things and what our perspective is supposed to be, we will just either go hardline, this is what the Bible says about this only, and this is how I believe, and I don't care about anyone else, which is what's happening. Where Jesus, through the Spirit, helps you find this beautiful middle road. Because that's what Jesus did. Jesus found this beautiful middle road with Pharisees who were the most religious. And this beautiful middle road of people that were so far and so whatever. And the Spirit's role in your life is to help you navigate the middle road. Now how do we, how do we not just only have our little Christian believer bubble fun friend time? Which is, tends to happen. Or how do, we ha- how do we not just connect totally from the body because it's all messed up and jacked up and just like, I'm just going to be out here. And then it's hard to navigate that. We're supposed to live kind of in the middle to navigate the life that God has given us. And you won't be able to do that by yourself. Just so you know. You will not be able, your, your feelings will dictate too much of your truth if you don't let the Spirit speak and dictate your feelings. The media, which if you watch one station tells you this and then the next station tells you that and they're the opposite and they're the same story. If that doesn't breed confusion, I don't know what does. Right? And one person will tell you, this is the God's heart over here. It's not true. This is God's heart right here. And you will not be able to navigate a country that, and a nation and a community that is changing and being more and more um, inclusive and more and more different than what you are used to and I'm used to if you do not live in the Spirit. Because God's heart is for all people. And you will not have God's heart for all people if you don't live connected to the vine. And you will skew based on your background or you skew based on your media choice or you skew based on whatever. And the Spirit's job and what he wants to do so much is help you walk a middle road. So people can kind of, on every side of every little sect, can find strength and hope because you are there. Romans 8 says this, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not, if we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. There's a lot to that. We don't have time to talk about that. Talk about it another time. But it means that in our weakness, when we're struggling, when we're not sure what to do, the, the Spirit actually comes and intercedes for us. He he speaks on our behalf. He gives us the thoughts and the, the words to say, and he gives us the things that we don't always have. And he searches our hearts to know the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people according to the will of God. So have you ever struggled? Is this the will of God? Anybody? This guy has. Is this the right thing? Is this mine or is this God's will? The Spirit is the one who helps you navigate that. So how do I engage the Spirit in that? So simple. Lord, would you help me to hear what your Spirit is saying to me? Would you help me to discern what your Spirit is saying to me? Would you help me to know and believe what is right and true in this moment, in this situation? And when you're connecting that to the identity of Christ and you have relationships that can help back that up, then this beautiful thing happens. You are tied to the vine. And you're able to navigate this life. And you're able to understand that God isn't just all in all places in nature and in whatever is happening or just here on a Sunday morning. But his spirit abides in me and I can abide with him and we can be connected to him. I think in a lot of ways, we've been taught that we should still navigate this life with an atlas. Remember atlases? You guys ever have an atlas? 
like, sweet, an atlas. Okay, we're hitting the Colorado border. Let's switch it over to Colorado so we know where to go. My parents bought an atlas, like, last week. It was funny. I made fun of them. Um, <laughs> I was like, you know, there's this thing called Google Maps, right? I remember when in college when we'd go to drive to go to concerts, and we'd print out our MapQuest. Remember MapQuest? It's like, okay, you're na someone's navigating. Okay, turn left on I-70B2, and we're like, I feel like so many of us are still navigating our faith like we have an atlas. Something that's just, just read it and try to figure it out. But God's given us this beautiful thing called Google Maps. Find the nearest Chipotle to me. <laughs> Boom, there it is. Give me the best Mexican food in town. There it is. I think some of us navigate like we just have an atlas in faith. Okay, here's this thing that's over here. We got to take it out. We got to figure out where we're going. I think that's right. I don't know. We're just trying to. But then we have the Spirit of God who's actually showing us and giving us step by step connection steps to what's next. To how do we navigate life? If in this, in this conflict in, in life, I don't have to always just be like, oh gosh, um, okay, what does the Bible say only? Or what does this person say online? It's like, no, no, no. The Spirit of God lives inside of you. God's heart lives inside of you. You can access that. Abide in that. Read the Bible. Absolutely. Please do. We'll talk about that next week. Have relationships. Please do. Go to church. Please do. All those things connected in the Spirit are profound. But the Spirit of God lives inside of you. How do you love someone? Lord, help me to love this person the way you do. How many times I've prayed that, and then this person I don't like, all of a sudden I start to like, and I don't like it? <laughs> I've had two coworkers that um, might watch this. And at first I was like, I, don't, I didn't really like them. I kind of steered clear of them. And then now they've become like such good friends. And I actually did one of their wedding. I was like, man, I, but that wasn't because I like, oh, I, sh I should really love people because that's what it says. Or I should, you know, Jill told me to love him, so I should. It's like, no, no, God changed my heart. Because when I abide with God, when I connect to the Spirit of God, not just the philosophy of Jesus, it changes my heart. And I start to think and believe and act and love the way that God loves and thinks and acts and believes. So he says this in verse 13. It says, but he, the spirit of truth, he'll come and he'll guide you into all truth. How does that sound? How does that sound? That the spirit's job will guide you into all truth, into everything that's true. And he will not speak on his own. He will only speak what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. And he will glorify me because it is from me that we receive what he has made known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he has made known to you. So for some of you who have been, well, the Spirit thing's weird, I don't get it, or I've experienced goofiness, and I totally get that. Trust me, I have too. I was like, I'd rather not experience anything like that than experience something hurtful and broken and destructive. Jesus wants to redeem the Spirit's work in your life. He wants to say, no, no, it's not this separate thing, or it's not this goofy speaking in tongues thing, whatever that's all about, or whatever it would be, right? It's like, no, no, the Spirit is speaking my words to you. The Spirit is speaking the Savior's heart for you. If you want it, you are here because you've connected with Jesus, whether it's the story of Jesus or you've experienced who he is, but it's not supposed to end there, or it doesn't just wait till heaven. 
But the Spirit is given so that you can hear from your Savior who loved you, who died for you. The Spirit is given to you when you accept Jesus or follow him or become a disciple, however you want to say it. The Spirit is there to not just say, here's your Bible, now this is all you got. He's saying, no, no, no. The Spirit will speak my words from the throne for you. He will only speak what he hears from me. And couple that with the Bible, oh my gosh, an unstoppable force. So I would pray for you that you would not discredit the Spirit's work in your life because of what have you experienced, which has been goofy. And I would say as a pastor, as a leader in the body of Christ who's allowed those things to happen, I would repent for that and I would say, I'm sorry. And I would pray that you would see the Spirit in a new light. The Spirit is the power and work of God in your life today. And in a skeptical society who loves the teachings of Jesus, but the person of Jesus connected to me speaking, that's weird. We need the Spirit more than ever before. Jesus says this. You know when Jesus goes to heaven and he leaves? He says, now don't do anything until I send the advocate or the helper. Don't do anything. Stay in the house. Right? Get, like if Jesus left and he's like, now go and tell the world about me and teach them everything I did. Go do that. It's going to be awesome. He's like, whoa, but, don't, but actually don't do that yet. Wait. For 40 more days. He didn't tell them 40 days, but you know. I want you to wait. Because I'm going to send the helper. And he says, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be my witnesses. You'll be, it'll be as if I'm there when I'm not there. It'll be as if I'm gone, but they'll see you and they'll know that I'm there. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So don't do, don't, don't do anything. Wait. Because when the Spirit comes, when you realize the work of the Spirit in your life, you'll receive power. And not like superpowers. You know, that's what we want. We want powers. We want power. But he says, no, no, no. You'll be like me. The actual word is dynamite. Power is like, it'll be like so crazy when you are connected to me. It'll be like, wow, this person isn't afraid anymore. This person isn't scared about the future anymore. This person isn't broken and in addiction anymore. We all have this beautiful sense of brokenness and the spirit at the same time. You know that? Which is great, actually. Keeps you humble. He says, you'll receive power. You'll be different. And I am convinced the reason why the church is so fearful is because they haven't embraced the spirit's role in their life. And they've talked as if God is everywhere and with me always, but they live that God is only there or in the Bible. And that is not the Spirit's role in your life. Does he want you to be in heaven? 100%. Does he want you to read your Bible? 100%. It gives us the very words of Christ for that culture. It's so profound and it's empowered and it's all those things. Next week, we'll talk about that. He said, God is not just there and God is not just here. He is right here. And if my people do not live like that happens, then they will live afraid and they will live meek or they will weak and they'll, they'll live timid. They'll be so afraid of the world and the culture. Or they'll be so angry because it's all going downhill. Or they'll be so confused what is true, what isn't true, how am I supposed to think, 
promises to believe. And he says, you will receive power over those things when you receive the Spirit into your heart and life. And not even receive it as a new thing. It's realizing, this is Christ's words for me. He will only speak what I tell him. He will not go off and go on a tangent, do some weird stuff. If something like that happens, that's not the Spirit. It's just some weird dude, probably from the South. (laughs) Sorry, Southern people. So my prayer for us is that we would just anchor ourselves to Christ because we know the Spirit's work in us is speaking the things that anchor us to Christ. Why don't you guys come up? We're going to pray. I was really challenged this week by reading this, the word abide, because it says uh, to spend basically extra time, to actually spend more connected time. And sometimes, if I'm honest, maybe we all could be honest, um, I just kind of try to get with my time with the Lord and get out. All right, I got stuff to do, boom, we get out, or I'm like, no time for that, get out. And I realize that I've boiled down my connection with God to a thing that I do and not a person that I'm with. And in a culture that's so, like, if you can't see it, it's not true. How do we connect to the love of God through his spirit, which is there always? And how do we find life and the spirit through the word of God and through our prayers? And how do we, whether we spend X amount of time or not with God, understand that he is the one who is with us always? And maybe for some of you, it's like, man, I need to awaken this thing inside of me again. I need to awaken the part of the Trinity that's the Spirit of God. And you start addressing, okay, Spirit, speak the words of Jesus to me. And maybe you need to say, you know, the things that were broken, that were said, I've had people say things in the Spirit's because the Spirit told them that we're totally not the Spirit. And that can cause a ton of brokenness and hurt. But my heart for you would be that today we could leave that here. We could ask God to heal that now. And that we wouldn't just live as if it's in a book that's on our shelf or that it's a someday connection, but that there's a loving Savior that we will celebrate in a month that he is alive who wants to connect to you today. And it'll be sweet, and it'll be supernatural, and it'll be profound. So I'd like to pray for you. Lord Jesus, I pray first that you would make yourself known to each person. Because those who call you Lord, call you Savior, call you friend, call you whatever we call you, we have this privilege of being called sons and daughters, and the Spirit has given to us as a deposit of continuous riches and glory. First, God, I just want to pray for people who have been hurt by something that's happened in the church, quote-unquote, by the Spirit, quote-unquote. Someone who has misspoken or said something that wasn't supposed to be um, said or wasn't God, because that can do so much harm and it can derail and divert things that God wants to do. So with everybody, I just want to pray for people specifically. So keep your eyes closed. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to talk about you later. If you're like, man, I need something to be healed that I've experienced. I didn't feel it was right. But it's kept me disconnected from what the Spirit wants to do in my life. If that's you, just can you shoot your hand up? I want to pray for you. Something was done. I experienced something that was dysfunctional. It was broken. Yeah. 
It wasn't the right thing. It wasn't Jesus' heart. Anyone else? Yeah. Anybody else? So Jesus, I pray right now for every heart. First of all, that that uh, the, something that's happened that's been broken or it's hurt someone else or it's been said in the spirit that wasn't. God, I pray that you just would heal that now in the name of Jesus. God, you know the heart of the person. You know the, the situation. God, I pray that you would go back and heal it at that point so that they can be healed today. God, I pray that you just would help them to experience freedom. God, I pray that they would tie them to themselves only things that you say. I pray that you just would restore that in them now in the name of Jesus that the enemy would not have a hold in that no more and maybe you are here and you're like this has been a dormant closed door there is nothing in this area of my life quote unquote the spirit and if you want to open that door and have a fresh awakening of that I'm going to, ask, I'm going to pray for you if that's you just shoot your hand up I want a fresh experience with God I want to experience this part that I've closed off because I've been afraid. Yeah. So God, I pray the Lord that you would, in a gentle and loving way, God, open that area of our life so we can know that you do not just abide in a couple of places, but you are with me always. God, help me to rediscover and to see you. Help me to hear your voice. God, help me to understand what that means for me. Help me to discern my thoughts. God, lead me into all truth. Help me to experience you in each day, in each step, to navigate this road together. And we just love you. We want to know you in a real way. We love you in the name of Jesus. Amen. I want you to stand with me. We're going to sing one last song. So God, thank you that we get to worship you. And if we haven't let go of something we need to let go of, this is our chance. And God, we invite you to speak. We invite your spirit to speak through us, to speak the very words of our Savior. Thank you that you live here inside of me. And we love you, Jesus. God, God build our faith as we sing.